0: Hi, I'm Jay John. Welcome to the Just Ten series here in London. We're looking at God's Ten Commandments and we're going to focus on the second commandment. Do not make a graven image of God and the title is How to Know God. How do you think my wife would feel if she notice my wallet open and beside her photograph in my wallet she saw another photograph of another woman. Do you think she might say, well, John is entitled to his privacy? Or do you think she's going to say, who is this woman and I said well I've got a little special thing going on with this woman what do you mean you've got a special thing going on with this woman well when I'm sad and when I'm a bit down I go to this woman for comfort yeah I go for comfort how do you think my wife would feel Could you blame my wife for feeling jealous? No. No. I mean they're pretty dumb questions, aren't they? She's my wife. She has every right to expect and even insist that I keep myself For her alone. And you know what? I want to. Because I love her and I made vows to her. What I just painted for you is the issue concerning the second commandment which reads, Exodus 20, verse four, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not share your affection with any other God. You see, It's a love issue. My wife doesn't want any rivals for my love. God doesn't either. An idol is a substitute for the real thing and God's response to our idolatry is jealousy. In the Old Testament... Idolatry is called adultery to God because idolatry is unfaithfulness. Listen to this from the Bible. You have prostituted yourself by bowing down to idols. You have prostituted yourself by bowing down to idols to fill God's place with an image is like attempting to blot out the sun and substituting it with a 30 watt bulb in its place what is very ironic is that while God was giving these 10 commandments to Moses the Israelites were engaged in the very activity which the second commandment forbids. They wanted a visible representation of the living God and God said, no. The image they made hindered their worship rather than helped their worship. Now, what does this commandment mean for us today? What are today's images in our world that would rise up to challenge our relationship with God? What are those photos in our wallet that could gradually steal us away? from a good, healthy relationship with God. Idolatry occurs when we hold any value, idea, or activity higher than God. Today, what do we idolise today? We idolise physical beauty, wealth, fame, power. Dr. Feelgood is the modern form of idolatry. Me, myself, and I. The second commandment could read, do not make yourself an idol. Don't make yourself an idol. Do we treat scales like an idol? Getting on a scale, and the older you get, the more you have to to see what it's saying. Do we bow down to scales? And depending on what the scale says, we'll decide what we feel about ourselves. Did you know that superstition is a form of idolatry. Some people observe them from unconscious habit and others believe that superstitions can protect them. Superstitions such as avoiding walking under a ladder or throwing salt over a shoulder, remarks such as, Touch wood, acknowledge other powers. When people, I often hear people go, touch wood. And I go, excuse me? <laughs> touch wood. I said, what wood? <laughs> what wood? I said, why would you touch it? And they go, it's like, why would you touch it? There's no power in that little piece of wood, is there? (laughs) I was having my hair cut, and the lady cutting my hair had her keys in front of me, just by the mirror. And on her keys, her key ring, she had a rabbit's foot. And I said to her, why do you have a rabbit's foot on your key ring? Ah, she said, that's to bring me good luck. I said, the rabbit wasn't lucky. (laughs) I said, how can an unlucky rabbit bring you any luck? I mean, think about it. How can the rabbit's foot bring you any luck? She went, oh no. She bent down, got the rabbit's foot off, poof, chucked it in the bin. I was in a taxi and on his little uh, mirror, he, he, it was really interesting, on the mirror, he had a horseshoe and he had a cross. <laughs> I said, why have you got a horseshoe and a cross? He says, well, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? He says, well, I wanna cover all my bases. <laughs> I said, well, what's the horseshoe gonna do for you? I don't know. I said, what's the cross going to do for you? He goes, I don't know. I just want to make sure. When superstitions rule the lives of people so that they are afraid of going out on Friday the 13th or obsessive behaviour over a broken mirror These are very dangerous beliefs. Some hotels don't have a 13th floor. Did you know that? Yeah, Yeah, but we all know that floor 14 is floor 13. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you think we're stupid? (laughs) I mean, what is this? Some people won't fly on an aeroplane if they've been given the seat number 13, row 13. Did you know that? Yeah, well, because, because lightning might strike and just take out, just take out row 13. And then when it takes out row 13, row, yeah, row 12 and 14 will stick back together again. Such superstitions are the acknowledgement of other gods, spirits, which we are allowing to have power over our lives, over our minds. Many people begin the day by looking at their horoscope. Well, all I can say is it's horror. <laughs> there are numerous Biblical references to any kind of magic that can predict future events. Listen to this from the Bible, Deuteronomy 18, verse 10. Let no one be found among you who practices divination or sorcery, which is astrology. Interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or is a medium or spiritualist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. I detestable to the Lord. God doesn't like it. Yeah, is there a stronger way of saying that? God opposes anyone who does these things. Today, one of the most pivotal beliefs is choice. And we are consumers in every area, including faith. And we live in a pick and mix culture. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, What? the guiding principle is what feels best for you? You know, what works for you? And if you don't know what you stand for, you will fall for anything. How do we, how do we describe God? God's best description is Jesus Christ. God's best description is Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.15, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. Again, the Bible, Hebrews 1 verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Jesus came to make God Visible. It is very sad that the benefits we expect idols to give, God promises to give. God knows that the images offered by the world are bankrupt. God knows that if we pursue them, in the end, We will find ourselves deceived and disappointed by what we've experienced. We read in the Bible, Jeremiah 10, verse 14: they make idols, but the idols will disgrace their makers, for they are frauds. They have no life or power in them. Idols are worthless, they are lies. The Bible couldn't be clearer on this subject. The turning point in our lives is when we stop seeking the God we want and start seeking the God who is. The God who offers us forgiveness, forgiveness. There was a man in the Bible called John the Baptist. And he was out in the wilderness and people would go out there to hear him preach and to be baptised. Now, I'm a bit of poetic license here. I'm often, when I read these stories, imagining what could have happened. What was it like? Now, I can imagine a friend of John the Baptist. You know, they were at school together, but his friend went on and did the equivalent of an MBA. Okay, he's there and he sees this. Thousands and thousands of people are going out into the wilderness to 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 hear him preach and to be baptized he goes up to john the baptist he says john this is just amazing this is just amazing but it's chaos it's just chaos look you know you know I've been to business school so look why don't I help you run this you know and and it can run smoother than what it currently is because it's it's chaos it's messy you People don't know what's happening, and you don't know what's happening. So John goes, Well, what, what what can we do? He says, Well, look, how about I get I train some people? And what we'll do is we'll have them sitting at some, you know, tables, and people who come, they've got to line up at one of these tables. And then what we do is we take a card and we say, What's your name? And they give us the name. We write the name on the card and we say, What's the biggest sin? You've ever committed. And then we write the sin down, write the sin. And we put the card on there. They come to you. You see the name, you see the sin, you baptize. Get the whole thing going. It will move quicker. So John goes, All right, let's do it. Let's give it a go. So, bit of training, tables, people, lines, name. Terry, Terry, what's the biggest sin you've ever committed, Terry? Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a coveter. I love things. Coveter. Name, Juanita. Juanita, what's the biggest sin you've ever committed, Juanita? I, I, I lie. I, I keep lying. Liar, liar. No. Nah. Name, Rob. Rob, what's the biggest sin you've ever committed, Rob? Um, I s- stole and I steal. Thief, thief. Anna, 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 right, okay, Anna. What's the biggest sin you've ever committed, Anna? Yeah, um, I, I've committed uh, adultery. Adulterer, adulterer. Name, Adrian, Adrian. Biggest sin you've ever committed, uh, Adrian? Uh, I killed someone. Murderer. Murderer. Name. Sophie. Sophie. Okay. Biggest sin you've ever committed? Oh, I've rejected my parents. Duh. Dishonor of parents. Dishonor of uh, parents. Yeah. yeah. Uh, name. Alex, Alex, biggest sin you've ever committed. Yeah, I I don't keep the Sabbath. Sabbath breaker, Sabbath breaker, yeah. Name, Jesus, Jesus. Biggest sin you've ever committed, Jesus, none. Little sin you've ever committed, Jesus, none. None. Terry, give me your badge. Juanita, I'll take your badge. Rob, I'll take your badge. Anna, I'll take your badge. Adrian, I'll take your badge. Sophie, I'll take your badge. ( undertaken) And I'll take yours. And I'll take yours. I'll take yours. (laughs) And I'll take yours. (laughs) And I'll take yours. And I'll take yours. And I'll take yours. ( photons) John. John. You can baptise me now. This is the Jesus that we are talking about. The invisible God who became visible, who came into this world to die upon a cross for us so that every single one of us can be forgiven and, and not experience the judgement of God But to experience the mercy and the grace of God, you and I can experience forgiveness. (laughs) Forgiveness. Freedom. Jesus said, if you obey my teaching, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. True freedom comes in knowing Jesus Christ. The one that embodies truth. We can experience forgiveness. We can experience freedom. And we can experience fulfillment. To know Jesus means fulfillment. The Bible says in Romans 10, verse 11, whoever believes in him will not. Be disappointed. That is a guarantee from God. The good news is that Jesus Christ wants to be known. And you and I can know him. Knowing Jesus enables us to see through all the illusions. The facades, the images. God's desire is to mold us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. The media says image is everything. The only image that is important to have stamped in your heart and your mind. Is the image of Jesus Christ. Christ is calling us to a loyalty to Himself that supersedes all other loyalties. If we seek fulfillment from things, we won't find it. But in seeking Christ, we find the most fulfilling thing imaginable. What do you idolise in your life? Do you have any idols in your home? It's remarkable that what God commands that we have nothing to do with, we go to museums to look at and collect as art in our homes. Do not decorate your home with idols that God condemns. Have you ever been on a tour of a castle? If you've been to the throne room in a castle, I can guarantee you it is a seat for one You will never find a throne pew. Thrones come in all shapes and sizes and styles, but one thing they all have in common they are made for one occupant. Decide on having Jesus on the throne of your life. There's room for only one woman's picture in my wallet and her name is Killy. There is no room for any other woman. And there is only room for one God in my heart. His name is Jesus. There is no other room for anything else. No other idols. No other images. Jesus dwells wherever people let him in. We may reject God's warning by neglecting this commandment. But as Jonah in the Bible learned the hard way, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. You see, if we're playing around with this, we are gonna forfeit God's grace, God's blessing in our lives. Have you bowed to Jesus, the true and living God? If you would like to come under the sovereign reign and rule of God, you need to renounce all idols and you need to turn to Jesus, the Son of God. If you would like to do that, pray this prayer along with me. Jesus, I acknowledge you as the only true living God. I bow before you now. I know I have broken your commandments. And I am deeply sorry thank you Jesus for dying on the cross for me thank you that you are alive today I welcome you into my life come in by your Holy Spirit cleanse and heal my life sovereign Lord from this day on, reign and rule over my life. And help me to build my life on you. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Just 10 by J. John. Relaunched and reimagined. Just 10 is a 10 session series. To explain the Ten Commandments and their relevance today. With free video resources for churches and small groups and a re-released book to help you go deeper. Take time to unpack how each of us can live by these timeless principles today. Visit just10.org to find out more.